Hey guys, so welcome to Push Start Podcast where we share with you the tips, tools and mental frameworks that will get you started on that side hustle, full-time business or even passion project. My name is Andy Lenopapaza and I'm here to bring you solo episodes and interviews with high-performance individuals that didn't wait to push start to success. So I'm very excited to introduce my guest. He's a New York City-based entrepreneur, as you've heard who has a master's in actuarial science. And after working in the field for quite some time, he founded notedegree.com, where he sought to have more impact. His business helps individuals navigate the confusing and tough world of career strategy, job seeking, and even startup strategy. He hosts a podcast of the same name, No Degree FM, which furthers his dream of, living for, of giving for a living and hosts a live series on LinkedIn called LinkedIn Somnia, covering a number of helpful topics with great individuals. You should definitely check it out. It keeps me up at night sometimes. In one line, he is one of the smartest and kindest dudes I know around. Thank you, Jonaid, for coming through. His full name is Jonaid Iqbal. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's just I, I'm really just thankful to just meet you, be on this podcast. I know when you asked me, you're like, hey, is it okay if I ask you? I was like, yes, I'll, I've been ready. So I'm super excited, man. <laughs> You know, I founded NoDegree.com. The main goal is to remove the stigma attached to people without college degrees, especially Mm -hmm. in the U.S. It's not that I'm against college degrees. It's just in the U.S. it's really expensive. And then a lot of times people are defined, you know, all over the world by their education level. You know, you it's like, oh, where'd you go to school? What'd you do? Oh, this person has this level of education. But I find that it defines them too much. And I think that's sort of wrong. It takes away because I'm pretty sure, you know, plenty of people who are very creative and, you know, some people just physically cannot go to school. Right. You see some areas. They're just so far. If you grew up in a remote village, they don't have resources. So why would you judge that person by someone who's had tutors, grew up with nannies, whose parents paid for everything? They never had to worry for them. It's like it's super easy to get an education. They don't have to worry. Other people have to worry about taking care of their families and all that. And it's just because I see a lot of people who are really wealthy. They're not even that smart. It's just their parents paved the road for them. Right. It's, it's think just about it's it. convenient. Yeah. yeah. It's like think about sure. driving a car on a freshly paved road. It's like super easy versus driving on a rocky thing. Right. You're going to be bumps and downs and you got to navigate the world. You have along to the navigate way. everything. Yeah. And you got to fix your car along the way and then, you know, make it so that you're driving a car from 1990 versus they're driving mm-hmm. like a pickup truck brand new. It's It's a totally different experience. And then they'll. They'll judge you based on that. Like they only judge you on the end result, but they don't judge you on like the context. And I think you really have to judge people by the context, by what they grew up in and what they contribute to society. Yeah, that's that's really a good way of looking at it. And from some for someone that has been in the higher education space, you have a lot of empathy. And this is something that I often see lacking with people yeah. that went to college when when it comes to how they view people that never got the chance or people yeah. that chose to fully bypass that route. I know in the States, it's yeah. really expensive. The student debt is, is is really crazy. What allowed you to have that sort of empathy to say, you know, um, people you know, have to navigate these sort of things? You know, it's like, look, I know, I don't know. I've always been really self-reflective and growing up over time, you just become aware. It's just, you realize like the kids I went to middle school with, they all ended up in different scenarios, right? 
And then the kids, mm-hmm. I went to high school, I went to a specialized high school. So all of them typically ended up going to college, right? And what I really hated about my high school is just very elitist in the sense that people would cry because they didn't get into the top school. Whereas, like, you go to other scenarios where it's like people are happy they even got into a school. Hey. You know, a lot of it comes down to, look, I was very fortunate. Like, I didn't grow up wealthy, but my parents really cared about education. So think about this. I, I was born in Bangladesh. I came here when I was three. My dad worked in many different countries. He worked in Saudi Arabia. He worked just all over. Typical immigrant dad, you know, leaving the country. And then, you know, worked in the U.S. And he had jobs like a cab driver. You know, he was a butcher convenience store just all these types of things limo driver so it's like he built the foundation for me so i would not be where i am today without him making the sacrifice because if he stayed back who knows what my life would have been right and then even over here he made sure like i you know he would use what money he had I, you know i'd get you know t- tutors helping me he'd always care about advancing right so that makes a big impact how your parents look at it i mean he was they, my parents were very strict so that had an impact and mm-hmm. You know, other you see other kids, it's like their parents are not involved or they don't care or they're sort of actively working against them. So it's like I didn't have that where my parents were actively working. You know, obviously they could have done something better, but that's everybody. Right. It's always a a work in progress. But Mm. they didn't actively work against me. Then the other thing is I was naturally quicker than other people. So I had the support from my parents. I guess they, you know, did something right because I like when I took tests, I was typically the first one done. Right. It was like it wasn't necessarily and I would do well. So it's like and, you know, some <laughs> smart people just, kid, smart so kid. some people it's just some people are naturally better at things. It's just a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it. They can only acknowledge like if you look at sports, right, you look at someone like LeBron James, you look mm-hmm. at some of these top athletes, all of them work hard. Right. That regardless of that, they all work hard. But the fact is, there are people who work hard but they're not gifted athletically. They're not like you can't, if you, no matter how athletically gifted you are, if you're five, two, you're not making the NBA. It's going to be very hard, right? Your body type really impacts certain sports. So people don't seem to get that with education. They don't realize like they're even in some classes. When I went to Columbia there, I used to study like some classes, like 20, 30 hours a week. It was a tough class. And then there was a kid just on his iPad the whole time. He'd only answer to correct the teacher or when no one had the oh, answer. Yes. You know, and then I know, like, I, I was talking to someone else. He's getting a PhD in math at Columbia. And he was saying how they're everybody studying. And this one guy, due to the coronavirus situation, he got caught in, he got quarantined and stuff. So when he had mm-hmm. to take the exam, they were like, oh, you want to take it later? He's like, no, no. So he didn't, he didn't even really go to class. And everything. He got the highest grade in the <laughs> class. So it's like, you know, yeah. people just, and it's not like that guy worked harder than everybody else some people just pick up things quicker and i think we really need to realize that people are gifted in certain areas and then just because you're gifted in a certain area don't just say hey i did this therefore you can do this i think that's one of the most damaging Mm. things a lot of people have this idea i did this then everybody can i think everybody can do something i don't think everybody can do everything right there are things that i just won't be good at or it'll just take me longer and that's okay Mm. and i think a lot of people don't want to accept that they can't do everything and because it, it just yeah, you, causes an issue it causes an issue and you definitely see this the the perfect example for this is singing you know yeah. we all want to do it but it just shows with all of these talent shows it shows that you know some people are just gifted they just yeah. have it even though some work hard at it have voice yeah. trainers but some people just have it and and that's their thing and I'm pretty sure, you know, over here, it, it's the common thing. What, soccer is the common sport that you guys sort of play? 
it's uh not necessarily soccer that is very popular here. it's rugby rugby is our thing so I'm- yeah and crickets as well Okay, so I'm pretty sure you know that kid that's always there playing, playing, and he, you just know he's never going to be good, right? And just same thing over here. There's a kid who's always at the park. He got the shoes. He got all the equipment. And no matter how hard, they're just never, right? And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just reality. Well, the funny story is I'm, I'm that kid when it came to rugby. <laughs> I, have a short, I have a short build. Hello, yeah. my body is super small. And we yeah. used to play with, like, big kids. And yeah, we get... Yeah pummeled every time so you can yeah. imagine like small builds the speed is not that good my speed was yeah. only good for soccer because i could maneuver but on, yeah. on rugby i was always pummeled <laughs> i always had headaches yeah. like coming up yeah so what what i want to ask is when you when you moved on to business you mentioned that a whole lot that you weren't quite fulfilled in your um, yeah. career as an actual scientist yeah what what motivated that move when you were like because you're also running no degree as a side hustle? Yeah. What motivated that move to say you know I'm not I'm not actually feeling it. So this the it was like I founded no degree in 2014, right? I actually check. I've been on a lot of podcasts. I've been saying 2013. And I checked my emails. I was wrong. So I found it when I yeah. was at Columbia, and. It was something that's just really lit. Like, you know, when you find that domain and you're really passionate about the idea, obviously it wasn't full-fledged, right? It was a very basic idea at the time. And I've always been working on it. And the end goal is to work on no degree full-time because it has more potential. But the thing is, it's just more fulfilling. You know, I work because I sort of had to. Um, I didn't grow up to wealthy parents. And, you know, obviously to make them happy, just to kind of say, hey, I had a real job and I did that stuff. But you know, I, I got some work experience. I learned a lot at work and I kind of saw how things functioned. And I was working on nodegree.com on the side. And eventually as an actuary. So one of the things is the exams are really tough. They take about 100 to oh. 300 hours of studying. And if, and the thing is to maintain your job in the it's a program where you pass, you stay in the program and you change your job every two, three years within the company until you get past all the tests. The first like five tests are about one to three hundred hours of studying. The next tests hmm. are about two to five hundred hours of studying. And you know there are people who pass all the earlier exams and they struggle on the last year, the last test. So what I came to a point was I passed two exams, and I came to a point was like, look, I could spend one to three hundred hours studying for an exam for a career that I am gonna leave eventually, or I could spend it on my business, and. You know, the fact is, I was always reading about like marketing, business, search engine optimization. So SEO, all that stuff. Right. I've always been doing that. That's like a hobby of mine. And so it was just like, but that knowledge is completely useless in the corporate world. If you tell them about (laughs) digital marketing and all that, it's it's sort of useless. Like, why do you know that? Even in New York. Yeah, even in New York. It doesn't matter where in corporate, like Mm -hmm. they don't know things about like building websites and making them faster and even LinkedIn is still not really utilized how it's how it should be but yeah I see that a lot mm. yeah so I it was just like I knew what I wanted to do and then I left so I left I had a so I couldn't afford to do the work and spend study time and there's there's really no time left and plus it's not I, in my I don't think sacrificing so much sleep is good for you I think, you know, you want to stay sharp. Eventually, your your mind or your body degrades. So then I had another job. And again, that job, I didn't have to study. So I was still working on it on the side. Then I had another job. And then eventually, I just came to a point like things weren't working out. 
And I just came to the point where I was like, look, I have enough money in my retirement saved up. I, you know, I got my some debts down. I was like, I need to do this. So I cash. I left, cashed out my retirement and, you know, paid off some bills. And now I'm here. And, you know, it's just been an amazing almost two years because I did it August 2018. And, you know, now it's the last day of March, almost April. So and then think about it like the my life is just so interesting. Like I, you know, I met I'm on this podcast. I launched my own podcast. I'm doing live shows, things I would have never necessarily predicted. But I did it and I, I enjoy it like I, I'm a, like technically this is work. Right. But I don't see it as work. I enjoy it. It's a very good experience. I get to add value. And then when you get people messaging you like, hey, I listened to your podcast. Thanks. It was so informative. It had an impact on me versus where I was at work. It's like, oh, yeah, this report that they looked at for five seconds. And it's like you're not. passionate. Yeah. I don't know. There's no passion in that for me, at least. Yeah, because I can see a lot of parallels in your journey to someone that is straight out of high school. And is making that jump to say, you know what, actually, I, I really don't want to go there. It's just that with 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 um, people that are in varsity or college, as you have done, yeah. maybe there's a certain um, path that differs from that. I mean, you had the chance to actually work, yeah. to actually save up, have a retirement, you know. But I think that psychology to make that jump is, is pretty much the same. Yeah. And I see a lot of parallels with that. Yeah. So what are, some, what are some of, because we know you have... When you make that jump, you have those cold sweats in the night yeah. where you're like, am I even doing the right thing? Yeah. Did you have any of those? Uh, so for me, I didn't have it because I live at home. So I'm very, again, I'm, I want to be clear that I'm lucky that I live at home with my parents. If I were paying rent, especially in New York City and I live somewhere else, it would be a di very different situation. Obviously, I will pay my parents back and, you know, I will take care of them when they get older. Uh, but it's like, you know, I am in a very fortunate situation, especially now, you know, with the coronavirus and businesses shutting down. It's like you have to really understand what you're going through. So I, I tell people, make sure you have a plan, right? Scale back your lifestyle. If you, you know, have to pay rent, maybe don't live in as big of a house. Maybe do it. So a lot of people have this. I admit, they believe the myth that the entrepreneurs are typically young. The average like entrepreneur is actually in their 50s, because think about it. The mm -hmm. easiest time to be an entrepreneur is when you're young. Or when you're older, when you're older, because your yes. kids are if you've had kids, they're older. So you don't they're past like 18 or they're old enough. Or if you don't have kids, you have a lot of either way. You have a lot of capital because capital is what's necessary. Capital and experience, because I see a lot of young kids. You know, it's great that they're starting businesses, but you can see sort of the knowledge they lack. Right. Sometimes some of them get lucky, which is good. They're working hard. They get lucky in certain aspects, but then they have gaps and you can really identify their gaps. So I think especially if you're a young entrepreneur, make sure you fill that gaps. And one thing I want to go back to the empathy part I forgot to mention is like when I went to Columbia, so I went to Queens College in Columbia. And so mm -hmm. Queens College is a regular school. I, the math program was very good. And it was just reg regular city people all over, right? When I went to Columbia University, since it's Ivy League, those kids were wealthy. I'm talking about I knew a kid, his dad would pay $5,000 a month for rent. I know other kids, sure. $5,000. And then he'd pay for his brother rent in another school, another $5,000. So these are parents who that's are dropping. And then don't think that that's all they got paid for. They still had, you know, they still had money to do things and that. Allowances. So like allowances and, stuff, yeah. and all that. It's like that's more money sure. than, you know, some parents even earn. So that, so 
then you see a lot of kids, you know, their spring break, they're going on vacation, this and that. My spring break, it was like, oh, I got to work. I got to save up. So it's a different it's a different experience. It's just so, you know, you really have to understand what you have in life. Regardless, even me. Yes, I work. But it's like imagine I was in a, you know, in Bangladesh and I you, my dad was like, you know, like a worker or something, you know, super low mm. working class. What would I do? Right. I wouldn't have this life. I wouldn't. Sure. And also the 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 the, the, the escape there of the mind, yeah. like how things are happening. I, I believe a whole lot of, of, of what happens around your life has to do with where you live. Yeah, where and you I'm, live. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure the the, the hustler spirit in, in New York City also drove him to, to make yeah. a lot of the decisions that he made now, which would yeah. put you also in a good position. It might not be five thousand per month. Yeah. Uh, but at least it got you in the right places so that yeah. you can also improve your life. Yeah. So I know that you you work a lot with people that um, don't have degrees, and what what have you seen as their biggest pain point in the beginning of their journey? What is the thing that they really struggle with? So I, this is one thing that I've sort of seen a lot of people, a lot of conflicts and a lot of issues arise from uh, identity, right? Because a lot of times this degree is part of your identity. A lot of times you see people arguing and it's because you're attacking their identity. So a lot of people are not confident in their own identity. So that's why they have to get confirmation from outside. So the issue with people degrees are they're always told that they're not smart. So they're always sort of put down. And it's like, you know, I've interviewed amazing people on my podcast and, you know, they've always, regardless of what they've done, some people just look down upon them. So I want to say that don't judge yourself by how others look at you, especially when those others are not taking into context, right? Like I've had JT McCormick and you've listened to that episode. It's like, he doesn't have yeah, a degree, wonderful, but it's man. like, sure. you know, that guy has a work ethic like no other. And, you know, that guy had one of the hardest lives mm. uh, that I've ever heard of. And, you know, the guy struggled his whole life and, you know, he has, it's just extremely smart. And it's like, the wisdom. Why, yeah, sure. the wisdom. And it's like, why do you keep on looking at people by all oh, education? Why? Like, look at what they do. There are so many people like you go into so many industries. There's so many jerks in so many industries. And in some industries, like you see, I mean, you know, thanks to all the doctors today. But in some industries, you have some issues where a lot of people have issues with the doctors, right? The doctors sort of talk down to them. They're not listening to them. They're not empathetic to the nurses. They think. Right. And you see this, you know, in other industries where the person at the top, they're like, yeah, I got this. I got that. And they just sort of look down and they sort of work against the people under them instead of working with them. So it's like that mm -hmm. I don't really like. So it's like don't let other people define you and then be creative. Don't realize that just because you don't have it in education, there are ways to be creative because in the business world, it's like, look, it's all about what you do. Sometimes some things may be a little harder, but if you can show that you can provide value. That's what you got to do. And that's what you got to show because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah. The identity thing is really bad. You even see it with people that have degrees already. Yeah. Like they, they still battle a lot with, with identity. They're like, um, I'm, I don't feel smart. Therefore I need to do a PhD. And you're like, but does it really help your needs yeah. at that point in time? Like, you know, the situation in, in, in Africa is that a lot of students that are in college are usually the first to go there in their homes so they have to work back and and give back with with money 
but you see a lot of this a lot of people are still shaky when it comes to their identity so they forego even the practical um side of it and still want to do a phd because they still want to feel like the smartest guy in the room and it gives them that you know ego stroke as well so yeah you definitely ch- touched on a very uh crucial point yeah no identity that is identity just like, part you can't get your identity from external factors you just can't mm. it's just one of those things that you could get a phd <sighs> and you still won't feel fulfilled right it's still not enough but when you know there are people with nothing and they they feel completely fulfilled so i think you always have to make sure that you are comfortable in your own skin comfortable with what you're doing and do things because hey it makes sense for you it's what you want to do not what society or someone else is telling you should do especially like the first generation college kid it's it's tough because it's like you have so such high expectations from your parents and a lot of the parents are sort of a little delusional i can imagine how uh south africa similar to like bengali parents it's just like they they have they have certain expectations and you know they're just not realistic and they talk about that one kid who got like who's the best and you know they use that one model kid and it's just not realistic so it's, it's it's definitely a struggle but I, I tell people that just be creative that at the end of the day, it's like, you know, like it, to be an ambulance driver, you don't need a college degree. But do you think the mm. person that you're picking up when they're let's say they got shot, they got stabbed or whatever situation, do you think they care about your college degree at that moment? No, <laughs> they sick. care that you showed uh. up, that you you served them and that you did. Right. Be- and so think about life in terms of that. Think about the impact. And then I don't think that the ambulance driver is any less important than the doctor because a doctor Mm. can't perform a job without the ambulance driver without the nurse without the hospital staff without the janitors and the ambulance driver can't work without the mechanic it's like don't discount people because you take any Mm. part away from the chain it doesn't work true it's like what we're seeing now with the lockdown right so in south in south africa they said only essential workers should go to work and all the people doing like the, the heavy yeah. knowledge work are not going anymore. Yeah. So now posts were going around saying, you know how we used to demean cashiers and yeah. demean janitors? Now we, we actually see that we need them. And after this whole thing um, gets solved, we really need to look at how we pay them and how we appreciate them. Even yeah. informal traders, like you could go to any place and get like really good veggies for a good price. So now you started wondering like, is it really even worth it to negotiate with them because they sacrifice a lot and now that it's the lockdown you see that you need them a whole lot so that empathy goes a long way i think also with with whatever's happening now in the world it showed us that you actually need a lot of people to make a society work even the people that don't have degrees yeah yeah so it's like i and i think culturally we need to accept that people are going to do different things and it's perfectly okay like you know stop thinking that hey you you have to do this one thing like they say oh you must be a doctor you must be a lawyer you must be an engineer it's like why it's like if you don't want to do that i don't want a doctor who's not passionate who's just forced into the profession by their parents because at the end of the day they will not perform regardless of how book smart they are they will not perform as well as someone who truly cares about making a difference because you can see who cares about their job who is looking to help people who's not purely driven by money. I mean, it's okay to want the money, but to be purely driven by money, you can tell who's someone who's purely driven by money and someone who's empathetic. Now, a lot of um, people that find themselves in these positions have a lot of um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I know that um, 
personally from my side i i get rid of that through exposure and actually doing the work and, yeah. and getting the hours in what are some of the ways that people without degrees can peek into the industry that they want to get into and get the exposure to get rid of the imposter syndrome so look i so i've never had imposter syndrome so i can't give specific tips on imposter syndrome i I've known a lot about it, but it's kind of, I just, I've never experienced it. So it's kind of hard for me to, but I, I kind of get where it comes from that you don't, you don't feel you're qualified. What, uh, what mm -hmm. I think that you should do is a lot of research that just because you don't have a degree, like a lot of people confuse education with school. There are many ways to get an education. There are many ways to learn outside of school, especially now more than ever. You have True. online courses. You have online things. So I think the first thing that they should really start doing is reading. Reading is something that a lot of people sort of ignore, especially in a video-based world, right? You can watch a lot of Netflix. You can watch a lot of YouTube. One of the reasons that I'm able to do and able to grow and, you know, move towards success, right? I still have a long way to go is that I read a lot because when you read, you can just expose you to so many things. It challenges your mind. It opens you up. It opens you to new concepts. So read. And because the thing is, as you can find a lot of things on the Internet, but books just take things to the next level. Like, for example, one of my uh, you know idols is Muhammad Ali. And there were a lot of things about his life that I didn't know. And I, and I only found out through his book. So it's like mm -hmm. books you can, you know, biographies, read about that, read about what people did. Think, look at how creative people were because they sort of give you ideas and inspiration for what you can do. And. The thing is, a lot of books are super cheap. You can, especially in libraries, Very you can get cheap. it for free. Some you can even find mm -hmm. online. So it's like there's nothing stopping you from reading, regardless of what. Even if you're a slow reader, now you can even listen to books. So and then yeah. the other thing now, it's like podcasts are so amazing. They're podcasts about almost any topic. I've learned so much from podcasts and I continue learning more. And so it's like there's so many resources. Mentors are another great resource that. I learned so much from my mentor. She taught me so much, saved me years of knowledge, and she pushes me. You know, sometimes you're a little uncomfortable. She's like, no, no, no. I know you can do it. You better go do this, right? So it's like yeah. it's the mentorship is one of those things that having a person sort of guide you and having multiple mentors just really look out for you, that makes a big difference. And I would say networking is like a lot of people, you hear this in a lot of masters in, in business administration, MBA programs, they're like, oh, the, it's not the education, it's the network. So they automatically tell you that education is <laughs> trash and it's a yeah. network. But the thing is, you can network for free. Nothing like, especially now, meetup.com and all that stuff. Some place, I don't know how it is in South Africa, but I'm pretty sure there are meetups that you go local entrepreneur meetup, you go meet one person. Now you can network through LinkedIn. So I've met so many people, you know, founders of websites, CEOs, all types of people. And I, you know, just by talking to them, I learn a lot. So I, I would say get good at your communication skills because that's something that will carry you in conversation, saying the right thing to the right person or trying to sell yourself or just trying to learn, being able to ask the right question to be able to ask the right question. You have to think of the right question to ask at that moment. And to ask the right question mm. at that moment, you have to have good communication skills and you have to practice. So that's one thing I would say. The communication skills, the mentorship, the learning and reading, do that. Because regardless of where you are, you'll be very good at what you – you'll be able to be very good at what you want to do. And it will save you tons of time. Like when you mention uh, networking and mentors, 
Like I got my mind blown this the, the first time I started doing that because I learned so much from one conversation than a ton of lectures that I've had for, for quite some time in college. So it, it really gives you the leap and it gives you the advantage rather than people who just passively, you know, get through college and they just get the degree, but the drive and the knowledge isn't there. Yeah. And then the other thing yeah. is, a search, so Google, right? Search engine. A search engine is only as powerful as the person behind it. So you need to know True. what to search, right? If you don't even know this terminology exists, you can't search for it. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's why you want to read so that you can go further in depth into the topics you want to learn about. And it, reading creates a lot of pathways that you never even thought of. Yeah. It, it, it creates pathways in your mind that you never even thought of inside. Especially if you are concentrating and you're doing it right. Yeah. So you, you mentioned a lot of um, platforms that one can use to gain skills and um, learn a few skills. I know that some some industries are very strict when it comes to certification. You mentioned yeah. that actuarial science, there's a ton of exams. Yeah. Um, in, in engineering, we don't have the, um, the fundamentals of engineering exam yeah. as you do there in the States. But I know here in actuarial science, you need to write about yeah. 13 exams if I'm, I'm correct. Yeah. So of course, those industries are a no-go for, for someone yeah. that doesn't have a degree because of the ton of certification that you need and the hours that you need to put in. But also uh, the hard work is still there. But what are some of the the ways that say someone needs to go into a particular industry, but they still need to get the credits and, you know, the acknowledgement that they will do something. Now, remember, go back to what you said. How does someone get into a particular industry? So let's say someone Mm. wants to be an actuary. I unfortunately, I believe they have a degree requirement. I hope they yeah. remove it because I think if you can pass the exams, what does it matter whether or not you have the degree? There are people with degrees who can't pass the exams. So it's like, why is the degree the requirement? The exam should be enough. But let's say you want you, your goal is to be an actuary, but you can't become one. Nothing stops you from becoming a data scientist. Nothing stops you from becoming a programmer. Nothing stops you from becoming those aspects where it's like you don't need the degree. So don't think so. Don't limit yourself to just jobs if you want to break into an industry let's say you want to help with engineering there's so many ways you could help engineers there's so many ways that you know you can sort of even to become a drafter you don't need a degree you just need to learn the software so just think, sure. just realize that there are many ways to help you can become a project manager on construction sites right that's part you have to assist the engineer so there are many ways to touch industries be creative don't think that you have to have a degree to sort of help industries like let's say you want to help people in the medical industry ambulance driver they're very needed there's other Mm. things like hey the person who takes the x-rays you don't need a college degree you just need to pass an exam and that's much Mm. more feasible depending on your life situation right some people just cannot go to college if you have like several kids you have to take care of your family you right you just can't you know school is not as feasible but maybe studying for an exam an hour to a day for several weeks or months is more feasible for you so just realize that there are other ways like uh I'm actually going to have a doctor on my podcast and he's going to talk about how so many people without college degrees help in the setting. So there are many ways to even if look, even if you're the person helping build the ventilators, right? Manufacturing the ventilators, that's still important. So don't limit yourself to one job, right? Because industries, there are so many people working within industries and they each play a valuable role. Like look at the U S now we need a lot of ventilators and Mm. that's what they're working on. So now it's needed. Yeah, and it's something that people never thought of now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw I saw I saw um a particular engineer that I'm I'm in touch with on LinkedIn here in South Africa. Like those guys are crazy. Like now they are going into like building yeah. ventilators and stuff. And you know, um also his background as well. He was someone that was always saying, How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? You know, he doesn't have the traditional engineering degree, masters, you know, he he found his way through building skills and you know, finding ways that he can help asking where can he be of most use to whatever that he he's doing at that particular moment so that's that's definitely something that like that's a mindset that one needs to go into and that is to ask where can i help where can i provide more value now i know that you you've done some certifications how how good are certifications when it comes to positioning yourself as a as a knowledgeable person they're very important because certifications show a certain level of competency. Obviously, they don't define you as an expert, but if you don't have a degree, but you say, look, I got this certification, I got this, I it shows something. And I think certifications are a lot more important than degrees because there are people who are sort of useless with their college degrees. And then there are people who, if especially jobs, right, they're more skill based. Like, hey, if you have a certification in this, I don't know, this software, it shows and then if you want to get hired for the software, I think more employers need to be open to that. So I'm a big fan of certification because, yes, they do take some time, but they're not. Look, four years is a luxury. If you can go to school for four years, it's a yeah. luxury. You have some sort of luxury in your life. And even if you don't have that luxury, right, you you have the ability, right, to really take it. Some people, I, look, I when I majored in math, I knew one kid. This kid, would he, would, he took the same course like three, four times. And sure. it, it, for mm. him, it was just like, the same exact course he just could not grasp it right it's just yeah. reality that some people just cannot grasp things i'm not saying he can never grasp it but let's say he had a family mm. he can't afford to take the same course four times right it's, it's very a, expensive it's not, not even expense the time mm. right yes the time is regardless of the price the time i mean for our my school was cheap was affordable but yes it adds up right let's say the classes let's say five eight hundred dollars Four times it's three thousand two hundred, and that's I don't know, that's not chunk change, but the time is like four semesters. That's two years that you didn't make progress because you're still taking the same course. Now I'm not saying look, stop if you're not if you keep on failing, keep going. But you you have to realize that it is a luxury to be able to sort of take courses and be able to have the time because some people when you're working two jobs, it's like how are you gonna even go to school? And you, you yes. have a family, you have this and that, so it's. Uh, you know, that's just reality. Yeah. And it goes back to that part where you acknowledge um, knowing a lot about yourself. Like I know a lot of guys that are skilled in other areas, yeah. but are still gunning at it in engineering because it's, it's the thing, it's the right thing that they're supposed to do to appease their parents, you know, that identity yeah. thing, but get them in other fields. They are yeah. killing it. And you're like, dude, why are you here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so it goes back friends... to that. One of my friends, he was actually an engineer, and now he's like, he wants to be a landscaper because he wasn't happy. What? Because at the end yeah. of the day, look, if you're miserable, regardless of how much money you make, money won't, after, look, after a certain point, money won't satisfy you, right? True. If you're not happy, there's something else, right? If you're not making any money, yes, money will solve a lot of problems. But after typically, mm. once you have a good standard of living and you can afford things, no amount of money, right? No amount of cards is going to really satisfy you. I mean, sure. I, you can kind of see it. You see these people online showing off their cars. It's like, why do you have to show off your things to other people, right? It's just like, 
there's something limit. Like if I had a car, it's like I'm not gonna go post about it and all that stuff. It's like I don't want people to know what I'm driving and this and that. It's just you know, I I kind of think right. So it's like they're sort of you could tell that they have some some gap. Right, that they're either that they're feeling that they're feeling like why do you, oh I have to show this I have to show that it's like why like I don't know yeah and you see it a lot in college like yeah. I personally enjoy my work <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I enjoy engineering it's something that I always wanted to do so yeah. even when it comes to clothing I could just wear uh you know I I yeah. it matters a lot when it comes to image and portraying yeah, yeah, a professional image but I couldn't care what brand I'm wearing yeah. As long as I'm in it and I'm, I'm doing AutoCAD and I'm doing some kind of calculation, I'm super happy. I don't yeah. even know. But you can see that the people that are not engaged in it, they 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 care more about the, you know, what latest phone they have, what car they're driving, you know. All of those things just work to fill that gap. And it's it's really sad because when you're alone, that's when it sets in. You're like, you know what, I, I, I shouldn't be doing this. And there's that opportunity cost. That's something that you mentioned as well. It's not just the money, it's the time, that opportunity cost that, that you were invest, investing into it. And it just sort of defeats the whole purpose of why you're there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I talked a lot about certification and their benefits. And then there are, there are uh, these free online courses um, that people take. I know Udemy is, is a good resource yeah. as well. It's and there are, a lot of, there are tons of, yeah, there are tons of that. How do you help people that you work with position those as credible sources of education? Because there's a lot of concern with that in essay. So what I would kind of say is if someone says, hey, uh, you know, hey, we can't really verify. Just say, ask me questions. Ask me to do a project. You know, that's why, like, in the States, uh, coding, a lot of coding jobs don't require a college degree because there's a concrete way to sort of show what you know. So Again, you gotta you gotta change the conversation. Just say, "Hey, look, ask me any question. Ask me to do something. I can do it." You know, that's how you have to show them that. Look, I can do it. Ask me. Get ready. And you know, when you show that confidence and when you're ready, that shows a lot. So don't just say, "Hey, I took a course. That means I know it." Just say, "Ask me." Right. The, if someone says, "Hey, you know, I know how to build a house," you just say, "Okay, show me what you built." You judge them based on that. So that's what I would kind of say that take these online courses, but make sure you know a lot. If someone says, hey, do you know Excel? Say, yeah, look, all right, tell me something you have. I can tell you exactly what I would do. Give me a project. Give me a chance to prove myself. And I, you know, I won't disappoint. Yeah. Positioning is a very big thing, even when you have a big degree. Like yeah. um, people, people suffer <laughs> through yeah. a whole lot of pain without learning how to position themselves as, yeah. you know, subject matter experts and how to take that knowledge they earn and then portray it out there. Uh, what are some of the things that helped you? I know that you did a whole lot of public speaking. You're president of a Toastmasters. Yeah. But what are some of the things that, and I can see how your, your marketing also helped as well. What are some of the things that someone without a degree can help themselves position themselves better in, in a career? Like how, how can they do that? I think the mentor so that, really yeah. makes a difference. The mentor is it's super important because that'll change your life. And surrounding yourself with good people, I think regardless of whether or not you have a degree, surrounding yourself with good people who push you, who are doing things, who are always moving forward. Because think about this, you know, and this is the beauty of networking is that one person can only consume so much knowledge. They can only follow so many things. They can only have so many skills. Now, my business partners are also my best friends. I have three business partners. So now think about it. Four of us can consume four times the knowledge, four can 
four times reset, and we all each have different skill sets. So if I lack something, I can ask one of my business partners. If I lack another thing, they can ask me. So the power of groups, even having one other person, because look, even following this coronavirus situation, my friend will send me news articles and I'll send him news articles. And that's why I've been on top of this, right? By myself. And then, you know, we challenge each other, right? He'll have an opinion and we'll talk and we'll have dialogue. And obviously we don't always agree, see eye to eye, but that's how you grow. And it's okay to have that, you know, to set aside those differences. So it's really about, I think the most important thing you could do is once you have a good, it's the foundation, right? Have, have a good friends. Like they always say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it's so sure. true because I've seen it all the time. It's, you always hear the story. He was a good kid, but he got into the wrong crowd. But it's, you know, it happens a lot. It's that. And then eventually you end up becoming that crowd, whether it's right or wrong, that you sure. represent yourself. So I think it's very important to surround yourself with good people and, you know, because they'll help you. They, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without my friends. They helped me prepare for my first interviews. They helped me with connections. They helped me, you know, build my business. They're there for me when I need something. Like, even in this situation, like, when they, when I need something, they got, when they went shopping, they let me know, like, hey, I'm, I have, are you looking for anything? Or when I go shopping, I pick something up for them. So now it's like, especially now, when we're limiting the amount of time we go outside, when we when I do go outside, I ask my friend, yo, what do you need? What do you need? I got you. And when they go outside, they got me. So it's like it's a way to keep us more protected and it just value all over. Because I see it a, a lot as well. Here in college, you get some exceptional people, but just because they're hanging around the bad crowd, it, it defeats the purpose of the degree as well. And I think yeah. as someone that doesn't have a degree, you can take full advantage of that. And LinkedIn is a wonderful source for it. You can search if you want to do programming, you could search Python programmer, you yeah. know, C sharp programmer, and just hang around with those people. Now it's it's even much cooler to hang around online and have friends online. Yeah. People don't look at you like a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. And you have friends online. So it's the best, it's the best time to do that. And also put yourself in the in the wild. That's it's what I always encourage my back home to to do is just get yourself in the wild, get into the thick of things, you know. The way the the reason I love Jorg, it allows me to get into the thick of things, you know, interact with people that are way smarter than me. And definitely the goal that you help people with is to get into the interview stage. Yeah. So look, I tell people I, I was actually talking to someone yesterday. He was like, Oh, I need a lot of interviews to be able to secure one because they had interviews and they didn't do well. I said, you know what? What you want to do is you actually need to get better at interviewing so that even if you get one or two interviews, you can secure them. Because the fact is, if you get an interview, typically you're qualified, right? I mean, there are people who mess up. They call the wrong person or they didn't really do their check and you have no shot at the job. But for the most part, you are they typically think you are qualified. They just want to see if you're a good fit and, you know, verify certain things. So why would you not get good at interviewing? Because it's one of those skills because... Interviewing is about you selling yourself. And if you cannot sell yourself, then that's something that's lifelong. You should be able to talk about what you did, talk about the experiences. You know, obviously, I don't agree with a lot of questions. And I, I think interviews should be conducted differently. But unfortunately, you needed to get the, get the job. So I place, I would say, make sure practice public speaking is one of those skills that will change your life. It's changed my life. It's opened me to up to opportunities it just gets you places and get good at interviewing. No, get prepare. 
the questions are, right? I have one episode, how to prepare for an interview. So I don't want to go too in depth. But the fact is, is mm-hmm. that you have something in front of you and they're saying, they're basically saying, sell me. And you want to sell yourself because why lose opportunity? Why lose that? I'd rather, I tell people, look, if you can ace your interviews and you get three to five job offers, now you can actually negotiate. Because yes. if you have one job offer, you can't really negotiate. Unless you're willing to, because look, the most important thing about negotiation is the ability to walk away. Most people cannot afford to walk away from a job situation, uh, especially if you are one job offer. It's hard to walk away. Even if it sucks, I it's mean, still better than no job. Now, mm. if you have five job offers, now you can tell you, whoa, you guys not worth my time. You guys, hey, look, I really like your company, but this company's offering me 20% more. Can you at least match that or can you at least increase it because I really want to work with your company? Think about that. Would you do that unless without having a backup offer? No. You could lie and say you have a backup offer, but then remember, you always risk losing the opportunity. So you yeah. and it's so much easier, right? When you right, when you have nothing to lose. When it's like, okay, if I don't get this, I still have this. So that's why interviewing is so important because yeah. think about it. If someone's if you do great in the interview and you make it so that they don't want to they don't want you to walk out that room without accepting, they're going to offer you more. It's as simple as that. And the fact is, your current offer and the current jobs you get set you up for the future. Think about it. If your first job is Facebook, you're set for life. You could go work anywhere. If your first job is at an unknown company, you're going to always have mm-hmm. to work harder. So it's like getting that good job. It just sets you up for life. Even if you I mean, you're not going to plan to stay there forever. But you can leverage it for future opportunities and future jobs and all that. Yeah, you you mentioned a great point about, you know, throwing as much as you can to get as many interviews as you can, but also being good at nailing one interview Yeah, just to make sure that you secure all the offers that you eventually get. So how, how much do you do you do you value negotiation and what are most- some of the things that you can put yourself in the advantage when you? So look negotiation is one of the most important skills you'll ever learn in your life. It's one of the most, it's something you use every day on a regular basis. You're always negotiating in some capacity, uh, you know, in your relationships in life and work. And you see it all the time. It's like, sometimes you see some people dating, they think about it. If you can negotiate 20% increase in salary, that's 20% more you can save, right? That's 20% more you can use to, buy resources, 20% more capital, 20% more ability to do things. Now, also, in a lot of work, you see a lot of people get taken advantage of. If you can negotiate and you can step up and say, hey, look, I'm doing this. I don't have time to do this extra work. That's important. So everything in life, it's like even when you're buying a car, the biggest purchases in your life, being able to save X amount because you know how to talk, you know what to say. Very important skill. The other aspect of negotiation, what I recommend is two books. Roger Dawson's Never uh, Secrets of Power Negotiation and Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference. Those are two that are very important books to read, and it really goes all over the place. And it's just like, think about it. Even in getting someone for a podcast interview, you're technically negotiating in some c- capacity. So you really have to understand, like, what makes a good negotiation and it, it changes your life because, look, my podcast, being able to get credible guests who have interesting stories, it gives my podcast more credibility and it gives more value to my audience. So it's like it's one of those things that it why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to know how to negotiate? And it's just and the other thing is, regardless, if you don't want to negotiate people, people are going to negotiate with you. 
So you have to be able to identify what they're doing because even knowing the tactics allows you to understand, hey, what are they pulling on me? I know what they're doing. I know how to counter it or I know what they're trying to pull on me. So it's like think about all the time. It's like people are just trying to negotiate. They're trying to sometimes they use bullying tactics and being aware of that Mm. changes your life. So regardless, whether you want to or not, it's going to happen in your life. And yeah, what's better to do, understand it or ignore it? It's better to understand it. And you don't have to be amazing, the best negotiator, but being competent at it will change your life. And especially you, you mentioned something when they start using bullying tactics. If yeah. you have spread out your opportunities and you've got a lot of opportunities, you're able to say, okay, I saw that, which yeah. means maybe there's a problem with company culture. So I yeah. can walk away. Even though the the pay was good, I wouldn't be happy there in yeah. any case because they'd probably use that to squeeze, you know, more value than what they they want to yeah. exchange with me as well. Yeah, unfortunately, That's definitely companies, a good skill. Yeah, unfortunately, companies try to squeeze every last penny out of you. So try to keep your yeah. pennies right. Try to push back because you're gonna see. I see all the time where sometimes people completely change. Right. That you see even let's say in high school, middle school, they're bullies. Right. They pick on people. But once you fight back, even if you get your butt whooped, they they stop. Right. That's a negotiation tactic. The fact that you can stand up because now it's like, okay, if I bully this kid, I'm going to have to put in some effort and do this. I'll just pick on the easy target. So don't be an easy target at work. Don't be someone who just can't afford to walk away, who can't. Right. That's why it's very important. I tell people, make sure you have some savings. Right. Not everybody has that luxury. So I'm not going to say, hey, just magically save. But if you can, you know, Mm -hmm. put yourself in a position where, hey, look, if you lost your job, you can get some you have some cushion. It makes a big difference when you if you know you need your next paycheck or else you're going to be homeless, you're going to let them do what they want. Right. Unfortunately, it's just the truth. That's going to happen with me. It's going to happen to anybody who's reasonable. But if you know, hey, look, I got six months of expenses saved up or I got a support system I have here. I'm not going to let you do this. And then they're going to be like, okay, mm. like, what can you do? <laughs> right. They're going to be like, yeah. okay, we can't really push this guy. we got to be reasonable. And you could always come out and be like, look, I understand. But just you say, hey, look, I'm putting in my 40 hours of work. I'm doing a great job. You know, this is just too much work. You know, please be more reasonable with me. And then they're like, they're gonna look like the bad guy to give you more work and then if they do then you leave yeah that freedom that freedom is 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 definitely needed and it goes back to why do you even do the the work in the first place if it's just to get money for so that you could buy stuff and show off with it it will eventually put you in a tight situation as you mentioned not being able to walk away not be yeah Think about it. If you say, hey, you can't bring up your sneakers, you can't bring up your car during the negotiation, right? A lot of times people use this, you know, you know, you brought up a great point, freedom, right? Freedom is being the ability to choose. And once you lose the ability to choose, you're no longer free, right? You're sort of trapped, right? Mentally Mm -hmm. or, you know, emotionally, whatever. So it's like, make sure you free yourself, right? Because the cars and all that other stuff, they don't free you. Right. And sometimes they they cause you to become more because you have these car, you know, especially in the U.S., you have car payments, you have this payment, people borrowing on money. Now it's like you're you're stuck to this, that you have no choice, that you're, you don't have that freedom anymore. Yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy. I don't know. I see I see in the U.S. like you get um, cars costing. I know the currency and the, the, the power yeah. of the currency definitely factors into that. But for, for, for us as Africans to see a price tag on a car, say 2000 
that's insane that's foreign to us because for yeah. us you get like a hundred and something there's still car payments you know yeah. and all of those things so um it definitely it definitely cuts in into your freedom the the very yeah. thing that was supposed to make you free now definitely cuts into it Jonah, it's yeah. been a wonderful time uh speaking to you um to tie it up i know that you don't work with uh, people outside of the u.s and canada so i do i the thing is I'd love to work with people outside the US and Canada, but you brought up the thing like the currency difference. So even if I were to charge cheap, it's just too much. So and I prefer that people outside the US and Canada look, the podcast is free, the no degree podcast on no degree.fm where I interview those without college degrees and have their share have them share their stories. I also nodegree.com, the resources are free. You know, following me on LinkedIn is free. But you know, the it's just really the currency difference. Not that I, you know, I love helping people. But uh, but it's just like, look, even if I charge $20 for me, that's I'm going to be homeless at that rate because I you can't afford anything. Right. I'm better yeah. off, you know, working any type of job. Right. Anything that works because it just doesn't make sense. So I tell people, look, they look for people locally in your country because there are people who can and they know the they know the systems more. Right. I don't know how things work in South Africa. I don't know how things True. work in Morocco. I don't know how things work in Egypt. I don't know how things work in other countries. So it's like get someone who's more familiar with that area. Right. Some of the principles will apply, but I don't know the logistics. I don't know which website you use. I don't know the local aspect. So it's like, why don't use me for that? Right. I can give you and the thing is, you get I get so many people on LinkedIn every day. He's like, hey, can you help me find a job? And it's like, I look, I'd love to, but I still have to work and feed my, you know, support my family and all that. I still have to, you yeah. know, I want to do things like this. So it's just I there's literally not enough time for me to just sort of help. Everybody. So and it's always best to specialize. Like, I know the U.S., I know Canada, I know the websites used, I know the culture, I know what you need to say, because, look, the advice I give in certain aspects in the U.S. don't apply in other places that certain things are going to come off too aggressive or it's going to be wrong. Whereas the U S and Canada, it's like, I've done it. So I know it and I'm getting, and I know the systems, I know what's allowed, what's not allowed. So I, that's why I tell people, look, you know, go to someone like you, you know, you know, the system, you know, you're better for a college student in South Africa than I ever will be. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And, um, I, I love the the humility that you 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 conduct yourself with to say you know I could definitely do that, but as well I wouldn't be offering much value if maybe I were to be serving someone maybe in in Sweden and I don't know yeah. the systems there, you know. So I I definitely that humility as well is is really great. So where can people find you to to exploit you for free? <laughs> so LinkedIn is definitely a good way to connect. That's how we connected and how we became friends. Yeah. Uh, so Janaid, J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. I'm the only one with my name, and it's the LinkedIn.com slash I-N slash Janaid. Uh, you can check out the No Degree podcast on nodegree.fm. And those are really the best ways to find me and follow my content. And, you know, I have the live show LinkedIn Somnia where I covered that one's just covering different topics and covering interesting people. So I, I don't mind having someone from South Africa because I like learning and helping my audience learn about different aspects of the world and different businesses and all that. So it was a great pleasure meeting you. It was a great pleasure talking to you. I always learn a lot yeah. from you, even and with the smallest conversations. It, and like I said, I also learn from you and it's great seeing, I still remember when you asked me about a pod and then one day you launched a podcast. So it's just very interesting. And then now I'm on that podcast. So it's just the, the <laughs> beauty of life. Look, the beauty of networking, the beauty of putting yourself out there. It just, it just, 
changes your life. And, you know, thank you so much for having me. I really am appreciative. I hope your audience gets a lot of value and looking forward to keeping yeah. in touch. Can I teach you a, 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 a Vanak word? Yeah. A word from Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Gia Bonga. Gia Bonga. Yeah, which means thank you in Zulu. Okay, so Gia Bonga. Thank you guys for listening and I hope the episode has helped you greatly. Remember to subscribe to Push Start Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us an honest review on there to help us help you in your KKS journey. For more content, you can follow at AC underscore Nopapaza on Insta and Andile Nopapaza on LinkedIn. Have an awesome day and in the meantime, go do great every day.